Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Johnny Paul. Welcome to episode 136. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to see the Meg 2, The Trench. And also, in our movie from the vault, we will be doing 1988's The Blob. How the devil are you, boys? Hey, Lola. Now I'm good, man. So I think we've got a little bit of apology to make to some list to the listeners and stuff. Our next couple of weeks is going to be a bit fucking mental, right? Getting ready for a wedding, trying to ram in doing this bit. So we're trying not to, you know, drop the amazing top notch quality podcast that we produce. But uh, there may be a little bit of dropping. Um, hope you don't notice it too much over the next couple of weeks. Do apologise for getting married. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I don't apologise for getting married. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm good. You know, wedding shit. But I still managed to ram some stuff in. I got a lovely eight DVD, eight blockbuster movies. I'm not sure they're blockbusters. Uh, <laughs> from a from a local, um, uh, you know, producer of HMV um, stuff. And uh, yeah, I watched some eight one of the 88 films that i got thanks to you matt uh robot tricks is the first one i watched robot robot tricks tricks. yeah from uh 1991 what a fucking amazing movie (laughs) i mean seriously this had like everything in it it was just 80s cheese mixed with that sort of 90s i don't know like but it's just like three hot asian women who two of them are fucking androids and they go around trying to lure another android in by becoming prostitutes for a little while so there you go and the, the android is not a nice man or not a nice android man and he is only interested in big titted women and he fucks them really really bad and throws them out of windows <laughs> sounds amazing <laughs> How many Oscars did it win? <laughs> Mate, honestly, I absolutely love this one. I thought it was fantastic. It was so batshit. It was, I can't wait to watch more. I mean, the one, some of the ones you you that I've got to watch. I mean, what was one called? Um, Ebola something. Syndrome. Ebola syndrome looks fucking awful, but yeah, it's good. <gasps> um, I rewatched Tusk, um, Kevin Smith's movie. Watched it with the girls and oh, they were not fucking... really a family movie is it no they were freaked out they, they were really disturbed by the war so i was like yes it's actually a really disturbing movie when you come to it it's a really good movie i recommend everyone to go and rewatch tusk and not tell me it's a good movie fucking loved it um i also watched a, a movie from fright fest last year which we talked about i think recently called lola hence me singing my little movie my little song earlier um to... time traveling kind of one. yeah Two, it's black and white. Two girls sitting like just just before, or just or during the Second World War. They discover <laughs> they discover the ability to be able to see into the future through this like thing called uh, Lola, and they um they end up trying to inadvertently help and cause the butter you know ripples and stuff through time that do not go very well for <laughs> for them. Fucking, it really is a um interesting sort of look at what happens when you mess with time especially around that period uh, i recommend and it's free to watch on um amazon prime at the moment so i'd recommend definitely go and watch that film it's amazon fantastic prime. yeah amazon prime it's on oh wicked really really good honestly matt if you guys you know like um the french movie that we watched the visitor from the future it's not got the same level of humor it's a tightly more serious but it's fun it's just it's a really really good well oh, put mate, it's on my it's on my watch list on yeah. my letterbox so definitely gonna watch that Cool. Yeah, I remember there was there was a bit of buzz around it when because obviously we'd pick something else to go and see, and I remember like hearing people saying that Lola was really good. So yeah, no, definitely if it's on Prime, I'll, I'll give it a shout. Yeah, we we were a little secret squ- screener, weren't we, Butch? And we got recommended, but it by one of the people that was a screener actually when we got talking to them. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. It's been I've, I've managed to watch a few. So cool. There we go. What about you guys? What have you been up to? Go on, Jordy Paul. Tell us about your trip. You went somewhere special, didn't you? Oh yeah. So obviously last last podcast I appeared from France, but then uh yeah, um then a few days later I went to Disneyland. Was it your make a wish? That was it, yeah, make a wish. Um 
<laughs> make a wish. I remember, <laughs> I'm your carer, Matt, not the other way around. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that no, was amazing. Jesus, the kids loved it, and, yeah, the big kid loved it. So, <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I managed to get in an argument with the First Order Stormtrooper, which was always nice. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Why? Because he, he didn't like the fact I said, up the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Then I, tried to gel, then I tried to gel out my trigger, but he wasn't playing along, which I thought was a bit disappointed by. But yeah, that no, was good. Um, and then met Spider-Man, Le French Spider-Man, which was always uh, mm. fun. But yeah, no, it was amazing. And look, just it's Disneyland in it. Um, so yeah, but I've, I, it's obviously caused me to have a bit of a backlog in watching stuff. So I didn't really get a ton of stuff watched, but did manage a couple of things. So uh, I watched Paranormal Activity 2 the other night because it was just on. Um and I, I, there's there's people who don't like it, but I think it's really good. I think it's definitely a worthy sequel, oh, and it's still got one of the best jump scares ever created. Oh, is that the which bit's that? Is that the kitchen bit or the, the daylight, yeah the daylight yeah. one? It's just it's so good. Um, and I just thought it was really really creepy, really quite violent, and yeah, no, really liked it. And I think anytime you put kids into the the mix, and they're in jeopardy. Yeah, no, it was a uh, it's good. So I enjoyed that. And then the only other thing I managed to watch, I sort of. When it got into the stuck, it's been on my Netflix list for a while. It's like a little limited series called The Devil in Ohio. Yeah, I I, I got through um, most of that. I didn't finish it. So did did you finish it? I did finish it, but it was more. It was quite attritional by the end. I, I saw uh, it started really good. I thought, yeah. oh, this we're onto something. Then the middle just sagged, and then the end was a bit shit. And I I thought it was going to be more horror than it was really. To be honest, there wasn't a lot of ton of it was more sort of creepy culty type of stuff than actual proper horror. Um, so, yeah, no, it became a bit sort of teeny, if that makes sense. Like, and I thought it was going to be a bit more adult than it was. So, um, yeah, it's all right. I, I, I sort of letterboxed it for about five out of ten. So it was, it was okay past the time. But, uh, yeah. Um, and that was it, really, guys. I didn't didn't really do watch anything else. Mm. <clears throat> I, I watched a couple of bits. Um I watched a movie called They Cloned Tyrone. Oh, I, I started this um, and then I realised that I might enjoy it. So I needed to concentrate. So I left it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's got John Boyega in it, Jamie Foxx. Um, and it's it's all right. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's really strange. Um, it's a very different film um, than I was expecting. Um, and there's actually some really, really funny parts. Not really horror. It dabbles in a bit of, I'd say, more sci-fi stuff than horror. But there's definitely a few horror elements to it. But yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. And also I picked up a copy from Second Sight of um, Frontiers from 2007. Ooh. Got re-released. I saw you watch that. I, I, yeah. I, still, I still haven't watched it, you know. Oh, I've never it's, seen it. It's a messed up movie one of those messed up kind of along the same lines as kind of like martyrs and all that sort of stuff is like you know um in, um what was the other one the french one oh, how can i forget these things right now insides um, which insides yeah and stuff like that it's all, all along the same kind of lines as that um and it's got some really good effects in it but a beautiful i've got a beautiful blu-ray of it from uh, second sight and it's really nice looks really good so I watched that. That that was cool. Um, but yeah, that's all I managed to do. But but I, I watched it a long time ago. But just um, breaking out again reminded me how much blood was involved in this movie. So much blood. It was crazy. Shall we move on to some mu- news? Anybody got any news? news? Uh, I know there's some sad news we might have to talk about in a bit. But um, I got some bits. You know, there's some exciting stuff coming down the, the, the boot. Street street. <laughs> Street Trash, which we've reviewed on the uh, pod, um, is looking for the the reboot with the director from Fried Barry. Oh, so man. anyone that can fucking put some more nonsense to that to that movie has got to be the director from Fried Barry because that was fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, I don't know Street Trash. I mean, was, we liked it, Matt, didn't we? It was just fucking yeah. It was just, it was, it was just mental. Yeah, um, and the inevitable that we discussed last episode already talked to me t- as done about 31 million. I think it was, so that's like a lot of profit. That's about 26 million or 27 million uh, profit for the lads. Um, talk to me too. 
A24 has ordered the sequel already. So there we go. <laughs> it was an it was a, feel about that. Have you seen the special edition DVD? Yeah, you get a hand and a uh, markers to colour in your own hand. Very cool. Really? I yeah. Where's that? I don't know. It might be a US thing, mate, but I just I caught it. I saw, I saw a screenshot of it the other day. I know A24 are actually selling the hand. It'll probably be about 150 to 200 quid or something stupid. It'll sell out in two seconds, but I'll just go on Etsy and buy one for like literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I might just 3D print one. Yeah. Uh, Do your own hand. Yeah. Um, and a, a rather fetching, I've seen a rather fetching poster of the Toxic Avenger. Um, the sort of thing that's coming from Macon Blair with uh, Dinklage, Trembley, you know, a whole host of fucking actors in it. But have you seen the poster? No. If not, I really should have sent you this. Yeah, maybe you should have. Oh, it's pretty cool. I like all the minimalist stuff. Oh, actually, so, I have. It's sort of still. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it just looks it looks pretty cool. But that's all the news I have. Um, well, I only have just one more extra bit because I was, was going to talk about Toxic Avenger, but... Um, Good news. Uh, Prey has got a physical release coming out. Yeah, I saw in that. October. So it's going to be available on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, which, fair play, to be honest. It's obviously done really well um, on stream and enough to get them to push it out. So, yeah, I think I will be purchasing that because I think there's a nice little steelbook coming. So, yeah, um, so good news on that one. Mm, very good news. I, I posted that on our TikTok to get some get it out there because some eyes need to watch that um you know not everybody's got disney plus so it's good that it's coming out physical release and it does look pretty cool and then finalize the artwork but hopefully it'll be really really good um i haven't got a lot of um news but uh have you guys seen the trailer for the haunting of the queen mary looks pretty cool no. You've seen no. that trailer? Well, if you checked out our TikTok, you would have seen the uh, trailer. That's good, isn't it? From our, for our from our very own Draw One Last Breath team. I have seen it. I did watch it on TikTok. I was just trying to, you know, trigger you. Yeah, well, that, that trailer, I've not seen it, Matt. Apologies. That, that trailer looks really, really good, to be honest. Um, it looks quite crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Um, have we talked about the Book of Monsters trailer coming out yet? No, we haven't worth talking about we definitely need to talk about this one we are going to go and watch how to kill monsters how to kill monsters by Stuart sparks starring lindsey crane and all the crew that were in uh you know pretty much uh book of monsters that we watched a couple of years ago that we're back in for kickstarter looks incredible looks fun looks gory looks messy looks practical effects looks like more blood more gore more money looks like it's going to be a good laugh yeah, we're, we're going, going to we're going to get to watch it on Friday. Yeah, we're going to Fright Fest on the Friday. We're going to go and get to watch that. So I can't bloody wait. Um, there's a couple of other little bits. Alicat Graphics worth, you know, we have got to thank John for coming up on our on our last episode. He did mention there was something coming down the pipe. Oh my god, that is one shiny fucking Terminator pin. <laughs> That's gorgeous. It's it gorgeous. a very nice pin. He's outdone himself yet again. Alicatgraphics.com. Go and buy this bad boy. Fucking T1800, man. Woo-hoo. Are you talking about any sad news? William yep. Freakin. William Freakin. The legend. The legend um, has passed. I mean, you know, obviously it was one of the scariest movies ever made um, and in the scariest way by the sounds of things. Um, one hell of a director. We, yeah. That's, uh, we'll very, we'll, we'll sadly be missed. Hope besides mm. we never got him. So I I actually went and ordered a film that I've always wanted to watch called The Sorcerer, which I've never seen, and it looks awesome. And I've seen trailers of it, and I've always been told that the soundtrack's amazing and the film's amazing. So I just went and ordered it because I thought I really really want to watch it. So I ordered it, and I can't wait to watch that. That should be good. I've got one last bit of uh, of kind of newsy kind of thing. It's about a TikToker uh, guy I follow on tiktok uh called ricky um and he is really got a really cool kind of uh tiktok page or whatever he does tiktoks um but they're like 
really in depth and really cool so he does like movie reviews he recommends really cool stuff he's called uh, if you go to at ricky 666 he's on tiktok and he, he just starts off like with kind of a blurb about what he's talking about and he always starts off with my name's ricky and i love horror and and then he goes into it and it's is he, he talks about some really really interesting stuff he completely knows his horror we're definitely going to have him on the podcast soon so I've been um, hitting him up on Messenger. Um, but you should go and check out his uh, page because he's he's just all over it. He's got like two, like 206,000 followers, man. He, he's got loads of followers. Um, I don't know how he does it, but oh, well, I do know how he does it. He has brilliant content and, you know, that's engaging. That's definitely worth watching. And I think the thing, thing is with TikTok, you can skim past a lot of stuff. But when you go to his page, it's like all well, his his videos it's just it's engaging so it makes you watch the whole thing because it, it's interesting what he says and how he you know dives deep into it it's really cool he's on youtube as well on instagram go check him out ricky 666 um, definitely worth a check out and hopefully we'll have him on the pod soon okay should we um get on with our main review i want to go to mine one with you i want to dive the trench why not? Saying it's too dangerous. Too dangerous for you. Picking out two lines of tank pressure. Me? You gotta be kidding me. I see that you're angry, but I believe that this is a reasonable and responsible decision. Let's explore. I'm almost diving all the time at my age. Up to 25,000 feet. You need to start taking me seriously as a scientist. A forte. Exactly. Again, it's not gonna work. After you. All right, this episode's main review is Meg to the Trench. Jason Statham again, beating up sharks and octopuses. Um, a research team encounters multiple threats while exploring the depths of the ocean, including a malevolent mining operation. Sounds really, really good, doesn't it? Oh, my God. I mean, I am a big fan of shark exploitation movies. Love him. What did we just watch? What did we just watch? Half a fucking movie about eco fucking this and that. I mean, what the fuck? There's already a fuck. There's, you know, we got the. There's got a baby shark, a baby Meg in captivity. And. Oh, I don't know. Like, they go back down and more shit happens and more sharks come up and other shit comes up and there's already people. Fu- this is like some kind of I don't know. Reminded me of what did it remind me of? Like half the movie was like about underwater. It reminded me of sabotage, sort of like a eighties <clears throat> or nineties sort of double impact or something like that. Like, oh, the you know th- this was a this what was impact. I don't know. This felt like the most sci-fi movie. Like you know that like a proper like Sharknado. Do you remember that yeah. film Underwater we watched? Yeah, I thought it was very like that. Start very like that. Like you have to walk. They had to walk from somewhere to get somewhere, and they stopped at a station. It was, it was like beat for beat underwater. <laughs> Mega shark versus giant octopus. Right, I bought that DVD. I love that movie. This was basically Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus with a lot more money, like a hundred fucking million pounds they spent on this movie. Hundred million, and they had one of the best directors at the helm. So, what happened? I mean, how is this a Ben Wheatley movie? I'll it's tell not you why. Really yeah, it's not. It's it's basically Ben Wheatley going, ah, oh, yeah, I'll do that, and then he's done it, and it'll make bank, and he'll do whatever the fuck he wants. After oh, yeah. and, and it's he made bank. Uh, huh? it, it's made bank, but exactly. well, on reflection, I mean, you know, it, I think it's like nearing two hundred million. Because um, the audiences it reaches, like in China, is unbelievable cash. Like they they just will always make money. It's like Transformers is the same. 
it will always make a lot of money. So, I love I love this. Is this is not Jaws two, is it? This is more like Jaws it's 4. Not Jaws three. It's not Jaws four. It's not Jaws five, six, seven, or eight, or nine. It's not even Jaws ten. It's it's six. It's headed. More like Deep Blue Sea five. Oh yeah, yeah. six headed sharks. Guys, I honestly I hated this film. <laughs> and it's, there's not often there's not a lot of time. It's not just going like oh shit. I actually hated it. It spent oh. ages getting to where it wanted to go. There was for a film called The Meg. There was hardly any bloody sharks in it. Just stupid ideas. I mean, look, the first one was just daft, yeah, but it had a certain charm to it, yeah, and it was knew it was daft. And this one, just devoid of any charm. It wasn't funny. It was just the characters were shit. Jason Statham was. Da- I know he hasn't got the biggest acting range anyway, but he was just dialing it in. The I thought the CG was a bit wanky. The size of the sharks changed depending on what they were doing. If you didn't notice that one, they made this big deal about a fucking me- massive megalodon, but never went anywhere. Preach! Which... Preach. <laughs> just uh, most of the set piece at the end as well was on land with the bloody other dinosaur things, and I was like, "Where's the fucking Meg?" Uh, and then I was like, "Well, hang on." Obviously, you've set up this massive octopus to come out. The octopus was Andy's in it. Oh my god, shit! <laughs> Sorry, I just and do you know what? I don't know. My expectations were very, very low. I was kind of hoping there would be some Ben Wheatley moments in it where something was balls because the trench. I thought, oh my god, it's going to go absolute balls to the wall, just craziness, absolute just mental craziness, and it just didn't. Just, I, would have, I would have loved it if they just stayed in the fuck underneath the bloody cloud, and, except the fact that we're watching a movie about water, and just watch some fucking like Megs just like fight some other shit or you know stalking them, have some good terror and and stuff. But like like even the bits when they tried to create a bit of horror when they were walking along it, I was just uh, Matt, what did you think? I got what did you? Have you got anything positive to say about I, it? I do you know what? Um, it took- I loved it. It took a while to get into it, like, um, because it was like it was almost like watching fucking I don't know, like fucking crank or or transport right at the start. You know, we need loads of martial arts kind of fucking fighting shit. Um, but once they got, they started descending descending down to the trench, the what I would imagine is supposed to be the Mariana Trench, maybe I don't know, whatever. Anyway, deep deep down, um. And then they go through a magic kind of like uh, uh, where it uh, thermal cloud, thermal cloud. Thermal cloud. Yeah. The thermal is that real? No. Is this real? Is that not real? Okay. So, oh. <laughs> so then they go through that, and I mean, there's a lot of not real things in this. Like um, at, at one point, Jason Statham turns into a fish, um, and is and they're able to swim around that low down in the um sea which i don't think would be possible no he would is basically at that pressure his body would just squeeze it on itself there, there yeah. was no there is no basically get the amount of oxygen right in your body and you'd be grand bollocks now but again though like you're not watching it for science are you but i just no. thought there's lots of unnecessary shit like that going don't yeah. try and explain yourself even the start led us to what we were going to go down like a fucking t- i mean a T-Rex on the beach. I was like, go on, go in, go in. There's, where's the depth of the... I mean, the fucking Meg is massive. The Meg is fucking huge. How can it get that close to the sh- to a shoreline? That's what I don't understand. That's my... I mean, okay. Oh. I mean, again, I, it screams how bad the film is that you, you start to question the science of the Megalodon. <laughs> well, it's because, I mean, it's not. I mean, I, I watched Six-Headed Sharks, and that was fucking a shark with six heads crawling along the beach like a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, that's fine, I suppose, suspended disbelief. But the first one, they kind of kind of was in slight reality-ish, and this one they just went, meh. But, like, did, I, did you think big enough? Like, I thought, do you know, do you know like... The whole setup of the, I mean, like, it was just preposterous. The whole, oh, by the way, we caught a Meg. Because apparently you can just pick Megs up now. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 you know, train and, them. And train them, which was, again, 
just stupid. It went a bit like Jurassic Parky, uh, Deep Blue Sea. Then like they all, they they fuck off to go to their, this underwater expedition, and then for whatever reason, the Meg decides. Do you know what? I'm gonna break out now, and I'm gonna follow you. But there was no like, well, they could have broke out any time I wanted, and then and now I'm gonna find you. Even though I don't know where the hell he's have gone. <laughs> Personally, I think it would have been better if they'd opened on the fact that they'd found this baby Meg and they were trying to catch it and it killed a few people. Like they could have opened with something really cool that, that, that it attacks a load of people and then they catch it. And then it could have gone to, you know, rather than having all that MacGuffins of, of like Jason Statham, like literally just being a freedom fighter now apparently he's like fucking you know the i don't know fucking saving the the seas all by himself um and they could have done that it would have been a bit more engaging at least we've had a couple of kills beforehand well, I, I just don't understand what like they could have opened this thermal they could have just done it in the first five minutes or we mined things and we opened this thermocline which made all sorts of shit pour out of it and then what how interesting would it be that Actually, there's loads of fucking Megs down there. They've all come out, right? And now nobody can go in the fucking water ever again because basically any time you go into the water, you can just get eaten by a massive shark. And then you start to go on. You can do something interesting then about going, fuck, we can't fish. We can't do anything. Like, you can't travel. Boats can't go in the fucking... Like, all the world's going to come to a standstill unless we take out all the Megs. And there's this worldwide plan to take out all the fucking Megs. That would have been better. And you could have done anything you wanted. Yeah, they could have put like lasers on dolphins and stuff like that. That's the yeah. next move. That's I the think. thing on that, right? They could have done all that and you'd have just sat there going, well, this is bonkers, but you, you love it. But they just decided to fucking... How fill. long was it? I mean, two hours talking, maybe just spoilers here, but how long was it till they actually got out of that trench? Because there's a lot of time spent down there. That, that was half, trench. that was about an hour and 10. Hour and 20. There's a lot of time spent underneath the fucking thermal cloud. For uh, walking along and getting, I mean that was maybe the best part, but it was a different movie. It, I wanted to see sharks, and th- there was no reason why they were going after Jason Statham on a fucking jet ski. You know that was very Jaws four. You know somehow they've got they that he's the one that they they're homing him in, in on. All right, that seems very personal. Where the fucking octopus suddenly came from and started attacking people, fuck knows. Um, I don't... And also those fucking like massive conger eel things that were attacking them just magically grew legs and then started walking on land and being able to breathe on land. They sort of so alluded to that. What the fuck that. was that? They look at they. The start, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they well, were they it was on the start. It's like how are they just like, like suddenly turning up? I just don't <laughs> get it. It's just <laughs> why, are they why, why were they under the sea? <laughs> Why weren't they on land? They they needed some action on the land. Oh. Exactly, and just spent, and then like the characters were just really like they were just they even, it was just not funny. They even like, copied like they a were really lame. bad, they were lame. like amazing. They t- they stole the deep blue sea moment from like the the Samuel L. Jackson sort of speech. They stole that amazing moment as well. Um, she the whole sabotage and like. Oh, but it's we're we're gonna find these minerals from down there. That was like what? What the fucking hell? That's, uh, they're worth billions. This little bit. I'm like fuck off, fuck off. I've got I gotta say as well. The uh, there's a bad guy in the movie that has the most the best stamina I've ever seen in my life. Who gets literally smashed over the head about six times and still survives. Oh no! First of all, he crashes his like little pod manages to fix it manages to get to the the station then gets beat the fuck out of by jason statham and then still manages to get in a suit and get to the top of the water and then and and then magically disappear off of the whatever it is on top of the water like the station on top of the water magically after they've taken all the boats magically appears on shore so how the hell did he make it there? But it's okay. He falls. He falls prey to the t- psycho connection between one of the uh, the you know the psychic link that one of the Megs has with Jason Statham. So when he kicks him off a jet, he, the shark appears and eats him. 
as if they planned it all along. It's just, I, again, guys, I was fully expecting just like to dispend any disbelief and to go in like, look, lowball this film because it's going to be stupid. But for me, it just wasn't stupid enough. Or, yeah. It, do you know what I mean? It, it didn't go balls deep. It just was like, oh, this is shit. It's just boring. And how, how the hell can you make a film about a massive shark, like three massive sharks? Boring? <laughs> it's just like... And they, just they, they really they really shoehorned a lot of, tried to get a lot of com- comedic stuff in it. Like there was the guy on the rig that had a bag of tricks. Like obviously he had like a taser and a gun. And then they did the reference to Jaws, t- Jaws 2, wasn't it? Yeah, With the Jaws, poison yeah. bullets. And then he, it just turned into kind of like a buddy cop thing for about half an hour between yeah. two guys trying to make a, a kind of subplot. And and then and then there was like even more shenanigans on the island. It's like they just kept buddying them up and trying to make it funny, but it just wasn't. It was just really. It was subplot after subplot right. after subplot, Matt. That's that's the thing. I don't know. Right? It just it, it lost its way. It lost its motive, and you know. And Jason Statham didn't even punch a shark in the face. Didn't even punch, didn't even do a kick to his face. No, but I mean, he, he managed his his uh, legs managed to keep open a shark's jaws quite well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. But he must have I, been doing calf day that day, so to withstand like two tons of pressure biting down on you. Oh, I'll I, keep your mouth in my. Well, like, that's why I was talking about the shark changing size, because mm-hmm. the shark is massive until it's actually trying to bite Jason Statham in half. And it, yeah, it, it, yeah. There was a couple of bits I liked about this. Two things I really liked. Um, the pressure mask kill where the girl's like mask just blew inwards. Yeah. Like that, but do you not think it could have been a bit more bloody? Wow, they're trying to keep it a bit 15, yeah. aren't they? And then I really did quite like the inside shot of the shark's mouth when it's eating all the people. No, <laughs> I really liked that. Yeah. No, okay. I, I, but they didn't do enough of it. No. No, there wasn't enough. Yeah, they, he did munch through quite a lot of the, you know, when the Meg sort of did start munching through, because they didn't really do, he didn't really do that in the first movie, and I was like, oh, it's a few, there's a missed opportunity there. So they kind of did a bit of it, and like, yeah, but not enough. It was almost like the same premise of the first movie, though. It's like that whole fun island mm. was just the same as the first one. The, the, you know, even to the point where the little dog, is it the same little dog or is it a different little dog? It's the same dog, right? Is that yeah, what, oh, same dog? This yeah. <laughs> is like regurgitating uh, old shit. And uh, the the little girl in it that clearly looks about twenty six when she's playing a fifteen year old is she was wet as a fish. Same actress. It's the same girl. Yeah, it's the same girl. Right. She was yeah figures that she obviously didn't take any acting lessons because she was terrible. There were there were not very many good actors in this. I know it's not. I know you're not going to the Meg to to see a plethora of, you know, screen and stage actors or whatever, but crying out loud, make it a bit like, I don't you know. Can, you can still have a bit of uh, chemistry though, mate. There's not like mm. like I said, I've referenced Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea is one of the cheesiest films ever. Fucking yeah. ever. brilliant. I did hear an interview with Ben Wheatley. I uh, did for Empire, and it's it's quite funny. He's he was like saying about Jason Statham, like literally he just went. Uh, get the jet ski out and he got on the jet ski and literally he was out there for about three hours just doing batshit crazy stuff on the jet ski while they filmed him and he literally was out there for ages and he was like oh my god i, I hope he's insured man because the shit he was doing is crazy and uh hats off to him for doing that because that's quite funny but yeah not yeah. not enough for me that's yeah. for sure. i don't really want to talk about any of it anymore <laughs> should we read it Meg's number one fan is not impressed. Two. Oh, wow. Two, because CGI was all right. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two as well, Paul. I just, I just thought it was a thorough, thoroughly unlikable film. I, 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 I wasn't that. I wasn't. I, I kind of knew what it was going to be. And I kind of went in with that mentality. I was I was quite entertained as they were underneath the water and like all the creatures and stuff. And then it just went downhill as soon as they went like as soon as they went up, 
to the surface it started to go down in my expectations every minute that was going on I was just like it's worse and worse so I'd probably say I'd probably say more of a kind of four out of ten for me I'm not not as down but it's not the worst okay. movie I've ever seen Nah, I mean after discussion I'm, I wasn't wholly disappointed I know that I was in the cinema and I was sat next to I was sat in front of three or four gents who were like whooping and talking and actually being very American during the movie and sort of oh. just like really really into it and just you know just those bits they were like oh fuck off you know so it did have the reaction for four people in the cinema so I'm still not giving it a four out of ten just for those four chaps but yeah there were some definitely four people out of the full cinema that I watched that very much did a did enjoy that one and I wasn't I, mad at them because they weren't they weren't talking and chatting amongst themselves they were talking about the movie I well I wouldn't have it but anyway um I when I went it was really weird I went to an 11 20 showing in the morning on a Saturday and there was loads of people in there there was like a whole family there was like a um obviously husband and wife with two kids that were probably about I'd say about nine and six and they were watching it and I, I, there was a couple of families and I was like, really surprised but yeah, I didn't hear no cheering and whooping, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, like, so I went with Soph and uh, Izzy, Izzy went as well. She absolutely loved it. So it's, it's done two, six, 265 million. So it's it's in the top 20 so far of the year. Um, so that's about 100. I think it's a 100 million budget they had. Well, we're so, the same to do with Make 3 then, won't we? Yeah, they'll be in Make 3. <laughs> <laughs> of course they will. This is like, you know, Sharknado with a fuck with money with studio backing, and they keep going, they keep doing it because that, like Matt says, the um the the sort of Chinese market absolutely fucking loving this. The other thing, the other thing I'm just going to touch on the last thing is that I got really really big Fast and Furious vibes at the end, like they're trying to make this Family. team of really cool kind of quirky difference in this team at the end and i was just like nah not working for me mate but there you go cool so that's a draw one last breath meg the trench two three ten out of ten whatever right uh moving on to our next uh review where we going to cinema to watch a very hopefully a very comedic scary entertaining um horror called the blackening very looking forward to that so there we go Lots to discuss. Um, now let's move on to our move from the vault. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? You were there, you saw. Plasmic life form that hunts its prey. Predator. I want that organism alive. I think you ticked it off. Okay, so last week we had John, our good friend from ICAC Graphics, and it was his pick. So he picked uh, 1988's The Blob. So it's a remake of 1968's film starring Steve McQueen. Um, quick synopsis. A deadly entity from space crash lands near a small town and begins consuming everyone in its path. Panic ensues as the shady government scientists try to contain the horrific creature. So, how have I never seen this film? <laughs> Fuck knows, mate. It's a banger. 
I've seen the Steve McQueen one. Um, I remember that vividly. But this one, I don't know why this escaped me. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen the Steve McQueen one, and I actually quite enjoyed the Steve McQueen one. I thought it was like very, very well done and very creepy, considering of its time and of the effects. Um, but guys, I've got to say, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with this one. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm with you, you know, taken directed by Frank, uh, Chuck, Chuck Russell. Frank Darabont was involved in this. Um, it's got uh, Kevin Dillon. Oh, my God. Kevin Dillon. I absolutely love him. Um, and Shawnee Smith from Saw, which was pretty yeah. fucking cool. Um, yeah, man, this was fucking great. I had some great death moments, a great sort of linear storyline, some surprising deaths as well, some characters I did not see fucking going in the way they went. And was just I was like whooping, applauding. There was some fucking proper cool, gory moments in this as well. Um, yeah, the blob. What a fucking great idea. Loved it, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously seen this before. It would have been one that I rented from the video store for sure, and I remember it vividly, um, just because of the kills. Um, I loved it. Um, just. It's one of those films that is just it's just screams of the eighties, just everything about it. Kind of as well it nods back to the original uh, you know, you've got this little small town, you know, suburban place, and like Kevin Dillon's mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Dillon can't, over can't jump over a bridge. The, the badass. The badass obviously he's got to have a leather jacket. Um, riding a, a, a motorcycle, smoking those cigarettes to the end. <laughs> every time I've ever seen is like the end of the cigarette. It's like Jesus Christ. But yeah, I love this movie. Absolutely love it. I mean the effects, guys. Jesus Christ! I didn't think they were gonna. I didn't think it was gonna be a, a film like it was. I thought it was gonna be really cheesy. I, I was expecting sort of to be not really on my bag, but I almost liken it to. It's a cross between, obviously, the original Blob and The Thing. Mm. Like, obviously, the way it moves and the, the tendrils that come out and all that type of stuff. But, yeah, the effects in it, man, were just brutal. Yeah, and considering you think about it, like, it came out around similar time as Ghostbusters 2. And this obviously did the pink ooze thing a lot better than Ghostbusters 2. I mean, I love Ghostbusters 2. I'm not dissing it in any way or shape or form. But some of that moment under the, the sort of, like, town when it sort of came up was super, very superimposed. Or this one, this looked fucking cool. Maybe maybe that's because they went all practical. That makes a difference. Don't know. Mm. I well, love one... the, uh, the, the, like Paul, you said, the death. So obviously the, the guy you think is going to be the hero hero of the film is the first one to go. <laughs> well, after the homeless guy. But yeah, jeez. And the way he dies. Oh, my God. Heroin. Yeah. Name, was his name Paul as well? Yeah, Paul. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> and his little hand twitching on the there ground. Less poor in the world. Oh my word! What, the Matt didn't even make the film, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just before that, the, what was quite harrowing is that when the the bum guy gets the bit of blob on his hand and he just tries to hack his own hand off. I always remember that when I was a kid because I was like, that is fucking gross. And I was like, he's trying to chop his own hand off. Um, and then when they like when they the doctor comes in and they pull the sheets back. That Those effects are amazing. And the fucking, I tell you something that's really good in this film that I did not appreciate when I was younger was the cinematography is fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> like the swing, swing shots, overhead shots, tracking shots, like literally like it's beautifully, beautifully shot. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, I wrote that as oozing with menace. Uh, <laughs> oh, oozing. I, I got to say, my MVP, I got two MVP kills. And there's a lot of good kills in this. But the pervy Scott, who was, uh, who basically copped the wrong feel. Oh my <laughs> God. You know, you know who that was in the car? Erika Elenique. Who? Is that her name? Erika Elenique. Erika Elenique. Yeah. The one who popped up in the, the, the cake. Yeah. Well, Baywatch. <laughs> Probably more famous. Nah, that cake scene in Under Siege with Steven Seagal is her pivotal moment. Yeah, <laughs> like I a bet. Formative you... moment, isn't it? 
Wow, for Paul, it's probably 20 seconds, mate. That's, uh, <laughs> his VHS was like, I remember when we used to play his VHS, it used to go all fuzzy on that bit because you used to pause it so much, wasn't it? Couldn't get the video cassette out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was great. That he was deserved a- it, though, to be honest. He was, he was like, a bit, bit yeah. <laughs> I loved his little bar in his boot. It was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, I want there. that. I want that car. Yeah, that the basketball in hoop in it and everything. I thought it was brilliant. No, no one gives a fuck about drink driving around there. That's for sure. And there is a generally some really funny bits, like the whole kind of like pharmacy bit where he goes to buy the the Trojans. Yeah. <laughs> Condom <laughs> ribbed or normal. Blame, blames on his mate. Turns out to be. Um, Oh, who's the guy? Who's the guy as well? Who the, plays the dad? He's pretty um, famous, isn't he? Um, so he is, sure he is. Heron, um, yeah, he's pretty. He's, he's definitely a fam- famous. He's been in loads. Is, he, is it Terence? I can't remember his fucking name. Was he in Field of Dreams? Yeah, he was in Field of Dreams. Yeah, he was in Field of Dreams, wasn't he? Um, but like, yeah, that whole sort of like cat and mouse, and then he turns out that you know that he had to. He's taken the, his daughter out. Art Lafleur. Art Lafleur. Yeah. Was in uh, yeah, Sandlot Kids, Field of Dreams. Yep, you're right. Yeah, but, been a lot of TV. Stuff. Like, uh, what's it? Jeffrey Dunbar was in it from The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's <laughs> the Dar- Darabon connection, though, isn't it? Darabon yeah. connection. And the dude from RoboCop, Melty Man from RoboCop, was in it. Yeah, yeah. Melty Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one of, one of the other kills I want to chat about is the fucking waitress in the phone booth. Because oh. I was like sure she was good, like you know, gonna be I don't know a final girl or at least like be in the mix. Oh no! <laughs> oh fucking no! It she... was one of the brilliant things of this film that you just didn't know who was about to die. It was all but better off. I mean, the the poor guy that's trying to clean the sink out <laughs> just gets absolutely rammed into a pipe. <laughs> that was very that's um, best kill. Yeah, that was very uh, sort of from it, you know, the TV show it with the guy folding in half and stuff. Oh my fucking word! Sucked Def- down the plug hole. <laughs> yeah. Any film, any film, any horror film which murders children, right, gets a point from me, anyways. <laughs> well, this is the thing about this movie is that it's, there's no holes barred because it's like it pulls the rug from underneath your feet because it's like the sheriff. You think. He's quite a pivotal character, and you think, oh, he's obviously going to be main bit. He's got a bit of a loving trust with the with a woman from the diner, you know. And then, like, she's like, oh, I got, I better go and see how she's doing. Actually, eleven o'clock, up, she's knocking off, and you think he's going to be like a quite a pivotal character, and then he's a goner. Like, obviously, she's being consumed by the blob in inside the telephone booth, and you see his face, don't you? Like, literally wipe up against the thing and you think oh shit he's dead and it didn't even show it it's like and like you said like when it moves on to the children which is the which i think is a great scene the the movie theater and the fact that they're showing that movie is cool because it kind of again it's like oh you think it's the movie um you think it's actually in the blob the movie but it's not it's like the movie being shown which was i thought was really clever I do yeah. like the fact that Blob's just picking them up from the back seat as yeah. well. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> it's just fucking awesome. Like, really, really good bits in it. And yeah, then then we lead, leads on to the kids that you think, you know, oh, they're going to definitely get away. Nope. And that was very Robocopy when he, yeah, whole, when the when the, the slime is pulling them down and their whole body's like mountain, it's like acid. It's fucking crazy, crazy effects. Yeah, and then the and then the, the you know the, the the finale. There's a great use of a bazooka as well, which I was fucking very <laughs> very impressed yeah, at the end. The government scientists, though, I love the gov- government scientists all loaded with assault rifles. <laughs> it's just pure eighties, isn't it? Yeah, in the eighties, you if you had the scientist throughout the whole eighties, they had to have a hazmat suit. It, it's just like, yep, check, tick, hazmat suit, tick, hazmat suit. And they, yeah, and there's always got to be, you know, that military expert that comes along with them. There's a little bit gun ho, just thinks he's the man, but he's not the man. Yeah, what a wanker, fucking trying to keep him down the fucking stoop. Can't let him out, can't let him out, fucking twat. I love the one bit I do love about that. I don't know if you noticed it, is when, when um, that army militant bloke kind of like has the two 
um, kind of like hand grenades on him and he pulls them both and you think, oh, he's going to blow up. But then the blob just flops on him and all you see is his two little sparks go, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's literally done fuck all. <laughs> I, I did love that character though. That he just wandered around town with these just hand grenades just flopping around his, his body. I thought it was brilliant. You just knew you just, you straight away you were like, yeah, that's not wise. Or, yeah, it was brilliant. I must say, um, Shawnee Smith was like really good. I thought, you know, as like as they say, like oh, again, like leading ladies in movies. She's pretty much the MVP in this movie. Yeah, totally. I thought, thought she was really good. Um, Matt Dillon like, was just great as that sort of comic relief non-hero type, really. <laughs> standard, isn't it? Standard. But the way there was a really funny moment with Shawnee Smith is like uh, when she fell off the top of the um fire thing but it was just calamitous it just looked like it was an accident hang in there upside yeah. down <laughs> what's going on don't have to move her leg one little bit <laughs> oh that was fucking funny um yeah a lot of great fun and a lot of great special effects and stuff like that throughout this movie it was one that cheered me right up watching this <laughs> it's the really cool it's really forbidden as well like right at the end mm. where you go to like the the priest that the the preacher because he like, was set on fire wasn't he, he yeah. there's a bit where he was set on fire so he's got like fucking half a face like a dodgy eye like what the fuck and then like i'm gonna bring on the end of the world with a little bit of pink goo in it <laughs> yeah leftover goo. <laughs> goo i like the way they froze it as well it kind of turns into those kind of jewels and stuff it's like yeah we're gonna just like dump this in the ice house so it never come back um i do like the fact that they found out there were because in the original in the original i know that all the villagers come together don't they and they just get loads of fire um extinguishers and they all come together and do it together yeah um i think that would have been a cool ending of the of, of the 88 version to be honest that would have been pretty cool because like you know like the whole town coming together and fighting it but I suppose they were fucked. Their set piece. They were fucked. They're like mm. the, without Shawnee Smith, like they didn't have a clue what they were going to do to fucking take this thing out. That was it was going some. It was a certain doom. <laughs> yeah, it was, definitely, it was definitely much more of a uh, mobile blob <laughs> than the original. Um, so yeah, I thought it was yeah, it's just really violent. I did I didn't expect it to be the like the character of the blob essentially be so fucking ruthless. It, yeah, because it, it could easily around, did it? It was like, no, I'm gonna kill. I'm literally, you're dead. You're dead. They, you're dead. They could have dead. easily done like a comedic thing with it, like you know, like the stuff, like that sort of thing. They could have easily done that, but they didn't. They made it really ominous. Oh, is that word right word? And yeah. and like foreboding and and actually something that's scary. And you think about it, you think a blob, is that a fucking blob of goo? I'll just fucking run away from it. But this blob's got fucking arms and tentacles and fucking hides and waits and then just fucking literally ingests you <laughs> gross i bet it's really painful as well yeah looked it <laughs> great pick from john great pick yeah, yeah. nice one mate fucking, fucking fantastic legend. right have we got any uh matt's facts to go along with this we must do of course we have mate so the partially dissolved but still alive soldier was performed by stuntman noble craig a triple amputee who lost both legs, an arm and an eye while serving in the Vietnam War. Pretty fucking mental. Bloody hell. Russell <laughs> um, and Darabont didn't have a lot of rules for the blob, but they agreed the general concept of the creature was it being an inside of an, sorry, was it being an inside out stomach, meaning the acid is burning, melting and devouring almost everything it touches. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but Donovan Lecht Jr. Paul took Shawnee Smith Meg, obviously in the film, to his senior prom at Hollywood High. He wrote her a thank you note afterwards, which he kept for years. Sorry, which she kept for years. They later appeared together in this film. It's pretty crazy. Um, this was released 30 years after the original version of The Blob, 1958 and had a budget estimated to be almost 80 times the original. <laughs> um, 
in at about 46 minutes uh the overhead shot in the phone booth where the blob explodes against fran was accomplished by using free, a three foot phone booth model an articulated doll of clark and air mortars being blasted at her clark said the original took full body and face life castings of her and created a life-size dummy then they tried shooting her uh tried shooting her blob attack in real phone booth in a real phone booth it never worked effectively though which is why they decided to use miniatures. Uh, the use of the Triumph motorcycle uh, was a nod to Steve McQueen, star of the original Blob. McQueen owned several Triumphs and rode them on and off screen. Uh, a year after appearing in this, Arika Alaniak became the July 1989 Playmate of the Month for Playboy. And the body count was at least 16 this includes three people in the theatre audience. The total number of people killed in the theatre is likely more. Ooh. So, yeah, he's a killer. I think in top trumps, he'd be a good one. <laughs> you think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> be oh, great pick, John. Really, really good pick, mate. I am so fucking chuffed that I've watched it and now I own it. Uh, that's a great addition to the collection. Awesome. Was it uh, did the version you got, was it German? <laughs> no. It was a good version. <laughs> good times. So rating this bad boy then. Start with Geordie Paul. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, lads. I loved it. That was great. Solid 9 from me. Yeah, solid 9 from me. Absolutely right up there. One of my faves that we've ever done, to be honest. I knew it was going to be a classic. And Matt's got it. Always, it's beautiful because you always see it whenever we do the pod. It's always right up there. Great cover as well. Look, Look at that VHS. I mean, yeah, that looks fucked up. Getting eaten, I think. I, I was pleasantly surprised, guys, honestly. honestly Sci-fi horror at its finest. Terror has no shape. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, I think it might be my pick. It is indeed. Oh, God, there we go. What we had recently, Deliverance, Wicker Man, Cannibal Women from the Avocado Jungle of Death. Oh, my God, I still remember that one. And uh, obviously the Blob. How can I top the Blob? Oh, my God, I got two in my mind. And I'm going to go with something that we kind of want to get wanted to get our teeth in after watching In Search of Darkness Part 3. So I'm going to go for the Zero Boys, which is uh, starring a very good friend of the podcast, Kelly Maroney. Um, yeah. There we go. What do you think of that, lads? Awesome. I do want to watch this one. It's on Arrow. So we've all got access. I've got my my Arrow copy. So I'm uh, I'm quite excited about looking at this. I think this is going to be like a proper a proper 80s horror movie. That's what are my, uh, my hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> After they were dashed by the Meg 2. <laughs> so, yeah, that's episode 136 done. Thanks very much for listening. And again, we apologize for if we drop any quality, we probably won't um, over the next couple of weeks. But we are going to we wish everyone the very best at Fright Fest. All the, the, the new movies, a massive abundance of horror that's going to be shown over the over the weekend. I hope everyone who goes enjoys themselves thoroughly. Anyone wants to report back and let us know how uh, some absolute treats. Let us know. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Um, other than that, we'll move on to episode 137, which would have been our <laughs> right there special, but someone dickhead's getting married. Um, so instead, we'll be watching The Blackening, and I've just pulled from the uh, the vault the Zero Boys. That only leaves one more thing to say: when there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>